Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. Once again, we have had a brief unannounced hiatus that was unintentional. Remember that summit that I told you about last time? Um, It went amazingly well, and uh, it was also unbelievably exhausting to run. (laughs) So I have been resting, relaxing, crashing, whatever you want to call it, uh, (laughs) for the last week or so. And I am happy to announce that I am getting back onto my feet, which is great. Um, Still not totally in tip-top podcasting shape. So what I'm going to do for this week's episode is I'm actually going to give you my presentation from the summit. So this is not available anywhere else unless you have bought the goodie bag. So I'm really giving you a serious treat. Uh, My presentation is called Executive Dysfunction is Real, Laziness is Not. Um, It went really well. It was a really powerful discussion that we had. Um, So without any further ado, uh, please enjoy. Hello, hello. I don't know if I'm live yet, but um, figured I'd say hi. Okay. I'm here. I'm live. I'm ready to go. We are going to talk about executive dysfunction, which I learned at Alina Dean's talk. I experience a little less of than I thought I did. Uh, turns out I am demand avoidant as well. Um, <laughs> who knew? Who knew? But hearing Alina Dean's explanation, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm. Some of it is executive dysfunction for sure, and some of it is PDA. So, ah. <laughs> hi everybody. Hi Lori. Hi Elise. Hi Asia. Hi Salamander. Hi Sarah. How is everybody doing? How is everybody? How has the summit been so far? Have you been impressed with day two? Because I know I have. I can't decide which of the three days have been better. Obviously, I'm not going to choose because I love all my speakers, and I would never do that. But, um. Honestly, even if I was like a shitty person and wanted to like choose some speakers over the other, I don't think I could. Like, it's just, oh, it's been amazing. It's been really impressive. And I had, I had high expectations for this. So the fact that it's like completely blown my expectations out of the water is awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Trying to catch up on those I've missed now. Yeah. Catch them uh, while you can. Um, It's been amazing. Seriously, the best idea ever. I think so. I think so too. Uh, So validating. I feel seen and a sense of belonging. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Mind-blowing, but in a good way. Good. Someone is a wonderful experience. Oh, I'm so glad. Sorry, I didn't ask that for you guys to like pump up my ego. I just, I want to know if you're enjoying it and how it's going and all of that good stuff. So um, we will give people just another minute to hop on here before we get started. Loved it. Good. Sandra. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I have been so validated by all of these presentations. I've learned so much. Um, it's yeah. And, and I already know a lot about this stuff and I'm still like learning because these people are incredible and they are truly lived experience experts and I love it. (laughs) 
everyone's been really likable speakers and watchers. I think that's what I've liked the most. Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody has been like educating each other in like really gentle ways, which I really appreciate. Yeah. The masking unmasking session today. Wow. Tell me about it. I know. I'm so sorry. I had to cut Sam off, uh, but it just, it was time for the next speaker. <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah really appreciate the diversity in the panel. That was absolutely a priority for me. Um, and I don't feel I did as well as I could have. Um, so that will continue to be a priority for me moving forward. Um, and yeah, my hope is that all kinds of people feel seen, not just people who look like me. Um, okay. It is 4.03. We are going to go ahead and get started. Let's see. Share screen. Canva present. Awesome. All right. Let me go ahead and pull you guys up on my phone so that I can see um, what y'all are saying. Okay. Sorry, I got distracted. There's a lot going on on my phone right now. Uh, <laughs> everything is blowing up because I haven't had time to uh, read anything. Um, so, okay. What a great community. I think so too, Ellen. Um, yes, everyone's so nice and loving. Can't believe it's almost over. I know I'm here, Glenisha. Yeah, no problem. We, um, we waited to make sure everybody would be here if they wanted to be, um, there we go. Okay. I'm going to make sure I got my phone set up so I can see the comments. Hi, Debbie. Hello, everybody. Okay. Let's go ahead and talk about this. Executive dysfunction is real. Laziness is not. I genuinely mean this when I say this. I don't believe that laziness is real. I legitimately think that it is bullshit. Um, and we're going to talk about why, and we're going to talk about what executive dysfunction is, and we're going to talk about um, the shame that surrounds all of these things. So um, let's see. I'm just so glad to catch one at the very beginning instead of scrambling to catch up and figure out who's presenting and what's happening. Yeah, Jess, I get it. Uh, all right. So hello, everybody. If you don't know me yet, uh, you should. I'm hosting the summit. <laughs> My name is Megan. I am ADHD, meaning I am autistic and I have ADHD combined type. Um, I am a neurodivergent life coach, meaning that I have spent the last 10 years of my life dedicating myself to learning about selfhood and emotions and executive dysfunction and neurodiversity and disability. And um, it's been a wild ride. So I haven't been a coach for 10 years. Um, I've just been mentally ill for 10 years. Uh, well, for longer. And I've been autistic and ADHD my whole life. Um, but I was a, I became a neurodivergent life or just a life coach in general, I think in January of 2021. So it's been about two years now, which is wild to think about. Um, and I basically, if you're wondering what the heck is a neurodivergent life coach, I am not a therapist. I do not claim to be a therapist. I do not do therapy. What I do is offer a peer-to-peer -peer experience. So basically if you want, and I'm not knocking therapy, I love therapy. I've been in therapy on and off for years and I will probably continue to do that until I die. Um, <laughs> love therapy. But sometimes you talk to a therapist and they have all these tools and they're really helpful and they just don't fucking get it because they're not neurodivergent and they don't get it. And you just want to talk to somebody who does. 
that's where I come in as a life coach. I can help you with the aspects of your neurodivergence that are a little less fun, that are a little less quirky and a little more disabling and frustrating and debilitating. And I can help with those things. That is literally my job. Um, so in addition to being ADHD and being a neurodivergent life coach, because I don't think we should just define ourselves by our brains or by our uh, careers, I'm also a mama and a wife. And um, I love being those things. I love my husband so much. I love my baby so much. And um, he's not really a baby anymore. He's getting big, but whatever. He's my baby uh, forever. <laughs> and um, yeah, so hold on. Let me, let me, let me check the comments uh laziness was invented by protestant culture yeah definitely uh agreed it's just although i'm catholic and believe me there's a huge we we do shame instead of laziness a little bit but yeah um such an open-ended label that anyone can call almost anything lazy a catch-all judgment yes jennifer heck yeah uh, i've been looking for a neurodivergent life coach thanks for explaining that's me hi <laughs> uh experience stop sarah Oh gosh. Well, dang. Yes. That's what I've been wanting. I love my therapist and she's open to learning, but I really want to talk to someone who just gets it. Yeah. I very much appreciate lived experience with neurodivergent folks. Plus therapy is a great combo. Yeah. My 17 year old is still my baby for sure. Okay. So we all know Devin Price. He wrote the book Unmasking Autism, but he also wrote an incredible book called Laziness Does Not Exist, which is the prize for attending this uh, talk live. Uh, one person will win that book. Uh, and here's an amazing quote. Wasting time is a basic human need. Once we accept that, we can stop fearing our inner laziness and begin to build healthy, happy, well-balanced lives. There is so much to unpack in this quote that I love. First of all, wasting time is a basic human need. Um, we need time to buffer. We need time to rest. We need time that isn't dedicated toward producing an outcome. We need it. Uh, I forget there's a term for it that my friend was just telling me about it, but we were in a bar and I wasn't even drinking, but it, because it was a noisy environment, I retain less information because autism. And um, <laughs> basically it was atelic or telic activities. Telic activities work toward a goal, work towards an accomplishment and outcome. Atelic activities are things like fishing, which have absolutely no fucking point most of the time. Most of the time you throw the fish back. Uh, obviously sometimes people fish for food. I don't want to undermine that, but a lot of, uh, a lot of people just fish to fish. Uh, that would be an atelic, uh, activity anyway. So, uh, once we accept that we can stop fearing our inner laziness, uh, I want to stop there. So fearing, we are afraid of being lazy because we are afraid of the judgment that comes with it. We are afraid of not being enough. We are afraid of failing capitalism. We're afraid because if you think about it, capitalism is like our big, like dad, authority figure that's like really abusive <laughs> really like like let's be honest and we're afraid of failing him even though and it's it goes along with what Carly was saying in her presentation about abuse trauma um there is a connection that forms with someone who abuses you there is a need to earn their love somehow and we have that relationship with capitalism a lot of times um so we are afraid of being lazy we are afraid of the judgment that comes with it um let's see oh my goodness uh raised catholic understand the catholic shame fest heck yeah mormonism could get capital capitalism a run on its money i'm sure or catholicism a run for its money yeah i don't know much about mormonism so i can't speak to that but yes lutherans i know you do the guilt too <laughs> we need white space quiet time processing time 
what tea activity, atelic, A-T-E-L-I-C, I think is how you spell it, versus telic, T-E-L-I-C, I think. Um, that's why I hit burnout. Yeah, capitalism equals abusive authority figure. Whoa. Yeah, capitalism is inherently abusive. It absolutely is. So let's get to the last part of this quote, which is begin to build healthy, happy, well-balanced lives. Your goal in life is not to be as productive as possible or it shouldn't be. Your goal in life is not to be as neurotypical as possible, which some of us have been subconsciously striving for that our whole lives. Like how, how can I just, just be more normal? Just be like them, please. And it's really hard to recognize that that's not the goal. The goal is to be healthy. The goal is to be happy. And the goal is to be well-balanced. Let's see. I'm afraid of wasting my time, the time I have in my life. I want to do so much things, but university takes so much of my time. Asia, what I would recommend is um, something that's helping me because I have ADHD, which means I have a weird sense of time that often puts me in a position of I either do it now or I do it never. And I'm afraid of doing things never. I want to do all the things, right? I want to have more kids and I want to move into a bigger house and I want to see the world and I want to do all these things. And it's like, if I don't do it right now, I'm never going to do it. What I recommend is just remembering that life is long. And yeah, I know there's no guarantees that life is long, but you can't live your life as if you're going to die tomorrow. I'm sorry. That's not a sustainable way to live uh, because you will burn out if you live that way. <laughs> um, so what I recommend is just gently reminding yourself that life is long. It's the longest thing you'll ever do. You have time. You have time. Okay. Yeah. So my 2016 self definitely could have stood to internalize the need for non-productive time. <laughs> yeah. Most of my insecurities for sure. Atelic versus atelic. Yeah. I've been without a job due to burnout for six months now. And I've failed that failed capitalism bullshit. Yeah. You've, you've failed capitalism. You've failed your abusive capitalistic dad and, um, or mom or, you know, whatever gender authority figure capitalism feels like to you. Um, and I, I just want you to know, you haven't actually failed. Okay. That's a feeling that comes from an abuser, right? That you've failed them because you don't fit their mold. And don't get me wrong. I understand being unemployed in it, like, regardless of whether or not capitalistic societies are abusive, we live in one. And so being unemployed in a capitalistic society is going to have actual repercussions on your life. And we can't just ignore that. Um, but I do, I want you to know that like on a philosophical level, at least like you are in the right, <laughs> you're okay. Um, Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm, I can't, I can't respond to every comment. I'm already falling so far behind. Um, <laughs> okay. Hira, I do want to talk about this. Uh, I want to do so many things, but I also don't want to because they take effort and I'm tired. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I had a really big turning point when I started actually wanting to do things. And it's when I realized I was autistic and ADHD when I finally recognized that I was neurodivergent, my whole life changed. It just felt like I could finally do what I actually wanted to do. And I didn't have to try so hard to be not neurodivergent because I wasn't, I, I was neurodivergent. There was no fixing or changing that. And I guess it just led me to like, if I want to nap, I'm going to fucking nap. 
And if I want to get stuff done, I'm going to get stuff done. And allowing myself to do what I wanted to do led me to actually doing the fun stuff more. I think a lot of us are afraid. Again, we're fearing our inner laziness. Um, We're afraid that if we give in, if we let ourselves be lazy once in a while, then that's all we'll do. Because capitalism has told us that humans are inherently lazy and that we need work. We need to be incentivized to work. That is bullshit. Have you seen Minecraft? Okay, people don't get paid. I mean, some people do, but a lot of people don't get paid for the incredible things they build in there. Minecraft alone is evidence that the human race is not lazy, right? <laughs> like, come on. And it's just a lie. It's straight up a lie um, that capitalism wants us to to live out. So, all right, let's move forward. What is laziness? Laziness is almost always one of three things because laziness itself doesn't actually exist. What it is, is one of these three things. It is self-care, not doing things because it's good for you to rest. Number two, burnout, not doing things because you've done so much, you can't properly cope anymore. And number three, executive dysfunction, not doing things because you can't organize, prioritize, or regulate. These are the reasons that we are quote unquote lazy. There is an explanation. You are not bad. And this is something that I think we need to get away from. But a lot of us look for explanations because it's like, well, if I have this diagnosis, then that means I'm not just lazy, right? A lot of us look for ADHD diagnoses because it's like, I've been called lazy my whole life. And that can't be it because I'm not a bad person. I don't want to be a bad person. Don't let me be a bad person explanations explain, obviously that's what they are. They explain our behavior and why we're doing what we're doing, but we need to get away from that because you don't need an explanation to explain your laziness because laziness isn't real. Don't get me wrong. Labels matter and diagnoses matter. I'm all for it, but I'm telling you, you don't need a diagnosis to justify your laziness. You don't need it because you're human and all humans have some laziness in them because it's self-care, it's burnout, it's executive dysfunction, right? Let's see, let's see what people are saying. Yes, my limit is one thing a day. I ran two errands yesterday, but that was too much. Uh, It's hard to find a balance of getting things done while also taking care of yourself. Yeah, for sure. One brain thing or one body, oh, one brain thing or one body thing a day, but not both. Yeah, I don't wanna be a bad person, yes. Yes, we don't want to be bad people. And I get that. I do. Um, okay. Let's see. Okay. So self care. Self care might feel lazy in the moment. Um, but I need you to remember two things. First, the self care version of laziness helps prevent the burnout version of laziness. So, if, we, if you're finding it hard to get out of the productivity mindset, or if you are in not in a privileged enough position to be able to rest when you need to, if you have to prioritize your productivity for some reason or another, then use self-care as a way to prevent burnout. Because you basically, you have to rest. You have to. Your body will make you <laughs> if you don't. Uh, so if you don't take the time for self-care, your burnout's going to come get you. And then you're going to feel lazy then. So you just have to decide when do I want to feel lazy before I feel like shit or after, right? So self-care helps prevent the burnout version of laziness. Second, you deserve rest. Even if it is lazy, who gives a fuck if it's lazy, 
You deserve it. Rest is your birthright. People must sleep. Sleep is how the best things in the world happen. And I can tell you this, like I used to have a shit sleep schedule Uh, and rest is not just sleep by the way, but um, I used to sleep like garbage because I was a creative because I thought I had bipolar because like there were so many reasons I didn't sleep well. And because I was tortured, I I was miserable and it's really hard to sleep when you're miserable. It just is. And um, sorry, my kiddo's knocking on the door. Um, So anyway, I had a shit sleep schedule and then, um, this is wild. I know this is wild, but I had a kid and that like completely it kind of fixed my sleep schedule, <laughs> which not at first, the newborn stage was hard. I'm not crazy. I understand. Um, but basically all of a sudden I had a kid who had to go to bed at a certain time and he woke up at a certain time. And I just started going, like people always say sleep when the baby sleeps. So I did. I started napping when he napped. I slept at night when he slept. And all of a sudden my sleep schedule was a million times better. And I hope that you recognize how bad my sleep schedule must've been before that having a kid made it better. Um, (laughs) But anyway, anyway, that's my little ramble about self-care. Burnout. Hopefully you saw Carol Jean's uh, presentation, How Spicy Is Your ND Burnout. It is expiring soon, so please go watch it Um, uh, or go get the goodie bag. It's $97 for like $1,300 worth of stuff in there. Um, So Carol Jean's the burnout expert. I will let her take that, but burnout sucks, basically. That's that's what I'll say about that. also, autistic people tend to have different circadian rhythms, so we try to force ourselves to sleep normal, and we're just fighting ourselves. Yes, this happens with ADHD, too. Um, there's also a syndrome called delayed sleep cycle syndrome, uh, where you just naturally, your circadian rhythms do not align with the current 24-hour, um, or not even 24-hour, but like day-night schedule. Um, so, Yeah. I first managed to get routine when I became a mom. Yeah. So I know we talked about with Melissa, some of the difficulties of being an autistic parent, but there are also some upsides like, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Okay. Okay, cool. My whole family has wild sleep schedules because we're all neurodivergent LMAO. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what is executive dysfunction? First and foremost, I want to say that this is not my comic. I did not draw this. This is from iraprince.tumblr.com. Please go check it out. Um, But I just really, really love this comic. So in case you can't read it, I know it might be small if you're on a phone, but the first panel uh, over here, this first panel says, completion of an easily defined task. Here's person. Invisible barrier that has appeared out of nowhere. And then the second panel says, the thing I have to do, the barrier, question mark, stuff that's productive, but not urgent. And the person says, well, what, what the hell? I can do as much of this as I want. Why? And then Q&A, what's the barrier? Answer, I don't fucking know. Question two, has it always been there? Answer two, no, I've easily done this task before and now I can't. Question three, did you draw this instead of working on the time-sensitive art you're supposed to be doing? Answer three, yeah. <laughs> so... I just, I love this comic. I love Ira Prince. Um, This explains executive dysfunction so well to me. 
Okay. Um, let's talk about the seven types of executive function. Um, if you didn't know, there are seven types of executive functioning and um, they can all go wrong and cause executive dysfunction. And before you freak out and you're like, oh my goodness, I struggle with all of these. I must be extra broken. No. If you struggle with one, it sort of becomes a domino effect. It's going to like difficulty with one will cause difficulty with another, which will cause difficulty with another, which, you know, and so on and so forth. So if you struggle with multiple of these, you are not uniquely horrible. Um, that makes sense. And if you only struggle with one or two, that's also fine. Um, but just know that you are not crazy or alone or uniquely awful if you struggle with a lot of these. Okay. First up is impulse control. The ability to experience urges and impulses and make active decisions about whether or not to act on them. So uh, basically impulse control is just when you have a thought, you have a feeling, you have an urge, and instead of just doing it or not doing it, you get to decide. There is a feeling of agency, right? Dysfunction in this area looks like impulsivity or inhibition. This is a big one that people don't talk about that Avery talked about a little bit in their presentation about quiet BPD, but um, impulsivity is when you just act on those impulses. There is not a lot of thought. There is not a lot of planning. There's not a lot of active decision-making happening there. Instead, it's just action. And believe me, I get that. I've been there, but there's also, also excuse me, excessive inhibition which is where you get an urge or a thought or whatever, and then you immediately shut it down. You cannot act. You, you immediately decide, no, I can't do that. I, I won't. I can't. I can't trust myself. I can't trust my natural impulses. And that is also a form of executive dysfunction that can be really painful. Let's see. Good old, yeah, the inhibition, yes. Going back and forth between them, totally possible. That's another form of uh, dysfunction for sure. Um, okay, emotional regulation. The ability to feel your feelings fully and then return to a relatively stable baseline. <laughs> this is really hard. Um, and I think this is hard for a lot of people, but it's really hard for me. Um, it used to be anyway. It's it's gotten a lot better in recent years thanks to medication, thanks to therapy, thanks to trauma work, thanks to D&D. &D. Uh, seriously, Dungeons and Dragons has helped me a lot. Um, oh, sorry. Let me get rid of that. There we go. Okay. Um, and yeah, emotional regulation, emotional dysregulation is hell. It's mood swings, chronic numbness, and rejection sensitivity. Um, my emotional dysregulation issues made me think I was genuinely crazy for a while. Um, I just felt, ooh, I felt bad. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. I felt like the worst human being who's ever existed. I felt like I just sucked at everything and everyone wanted me to be better. They wanted better for me and they loved me and I couldn't love them back and I couldn't love myself. And I, Oh, emotional dysregulation is really hard. It sucks. It feels really crappy. Um, so that's what I'll say about that uh, in case there's questions. Let's see. 
lack of impulsivity was the only thing blocking me from a formal ADHD combo diagnosis. Okay. So if you have more of the inhibition side, you may be more of an inattentive ADHD person, but, and I will say excessive inhibition tends to be more of a trauma response, but it, it can be just executive dysfunction where it's like, nope, I'm just going to shut it down. Cause I, it's like, I don't want to make a decision, decision fatigue, like, nope, I'm done. Um, but yeah, combo the ADHD combined tends to be more impulsive rather than inhibited. Um, my baseline is hypervigilance. Yeah. Salamander. I'm sorry. It, that is not fun. Um, it's a pain when even extreme positive emotions make it harder for me to work. Yes. Yes. I've been so excited for this summit. I have work I have to get done. And the two days leading up to this summit, I couldn't do it because I was too excited. And that's executive dysfunction, you know, like my emotional dysregulation, my inability to return to baseline got in the way of me trying to live my life. Um, okay. Three working memory, the ability to hold information in your mind while working with other information and dysfunction in this looks like forgetfulness. So basically, um, one of my favorite examples is like, you're putting your credit card number into Amazon to buy something. And you're like, oh, hey, partner, what's our credit card number? Read it to me. And they just read you the numbers. You are, if you have working memory issues, you are likely going to have trouble remembering all those numbers. Um, like, and don't get me wrong, there's other reasons you could have trouble remembering those numbers, like dyscalculia, which we talked about earlier with Elena, um, or it, it could be traumatic brain injury. Like there are other neurodivergencies that could be to blame, um, but working memory is one that uh, is a sign of executive dysfunction. Um, my brain can only hold one thought at a time. Yeah. My therapist seems to think I should know how to feel my feelings without getting stuck in them because even though I just literally don't know how. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's an executive dysfunction thing. It's probably a little bit of a trauma thing. Um, like who was talking about that? Um, oh, one of our amazing presenters was talking about the fact that we are afraid to feel our feelings. It's going to kill me that I can't remember who was talking about this. Mm. Okay. Anyway, anyway, I won't get stuck on that. I'm going to move forward. Um, but yeah, <sighs> We need and deserve therapists who understand dysfunction. So many therapists out there are only equipped to work with people who are not actually mentally ill or neurodivergent. They're only equipped to work with healthy people who are struggling because that's a thing. Healthy people struggle too. They don't have mental illnesses, but they struggle. And so many therapists are only equipped to give advice and to give help that helps people who have a healthy sense of emotional regulation to return to. But if you don't have that, then the therapist's advice ends up being completely useless. And so anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, okay. Self-monitoring. The ability to perceive yourself and your behavior and to make sense of it. Dysfunction is a lack of sense of self or a lack of self-awareness. Most neurodivergent people in my experience do not lack self-awareness. Uh, we tend to be so self-aware that it's painful. We tend to be so self-aware that we can't function. Um, and I think that's a form of dysfunction in self-monitoring as well. But what we tend to lack is a sense of self. 
we're so aware of all our dysfunctions and all our flaws and all of our quirks and idiosyncrasies. We're so painfully aware that we have trouble piecing it all together to form a coherent being, a coherent sense of self. And um, that sucks. That's what I'll say about that. It doesn't feel good. It feels really crappy to feel like you aren't a person. You're just a collection of trauma responses. Like that feels, I know it's funny to say it that way, but it's also like genuinely very painful to feel like you have no identity. Um, so yeah. Completing the stress loop is something that's come up in my research of autism, emotional regulation. Yes, 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 yes. Complete the stress loop. So what uh, Jess is talking about is basically you get stressed and then what you do is you panic, which increases your stress. And then you panic some more and it just keeps like building. That's the spiral that uh, Kyra is talking about. Or we say, nope, nope, nope. I can't keep going like this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to shut it down. What we need to do, and then it just, it just gets pent up and stuck. What we need to do is complete the stress cycle. Come back down gently. And people, if you're listening, you're probably like, how the fuck do I do that? That sounds great. Um, it is hard. It's really hard. Um, but I recommend uh, moving your body. Move the stress through your body. Feel the energy through your body. I'm a big freezer. I used to be a big freezer. Now I'm a flighter. I tend to flight. Um, but I recommend moving the stress through your body through throwing ice cubes at the driveway, watching them shatter, deeply satisfying. I accidentally broke a rock once because I was throwing rocks because I was so upset. So don't throw rocks, uh, throw ice cubes, much safer. Um, I recommend dancing, putting on a really like emotional, angsty, emo song and dancing and crying to it. Very cathartic. Uh, so yeah, complete the stress cycle. Um, love the ice cubes. Yes, it's really satisfying. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, okay. Um, so that's self-monitoring. Um, would love to be able to use this. Oh, well, okay. Number five is organization, the ability to categorize things in a helpful way. Dysfunction looks like doom piles, being scatterbrained, or ADHD paralysis, which actually I would love to brainstorm a different term for that because I feel like paralysis is a very real like physical thing and co-opting it for like a metaphorical paralysis doesn't feel very good to me, but I don't know what else to call it. So if you guys want to like come up with names for like what else to call ADHD paralysis, I'm super interested. I know there's autistic inertia, um, but I, I don't know if there's another word for ADHD paralysis. So let's, let's brainstorm. Let's come up with something. Um, let's see. I've been, I've been saying that for the past three years. I have no clue who I am. I'm a mix of neurodivergent traits and PTSD, CPTSD. One of my favorite audios on TikTok. I wanted to be happy. I got traumatized. What do you want from me? Yeah, Maria Andrea. I, yeah. Yeah. It's really hard having no sense of self and it's an executive dysfunction issue. And the good news is there are ways to deal with these executive dysfunction issues. So, and which we will get there. We will talk about, um, Thrash is a term in computers when the CPU does no work because it gets stuck retrieving things from memory and trying to store something else. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. Can we call it ADHD thrash? Like, I love that. 
<laughs> I absolutely love that short circuiting. That's a really good one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So prioritization, the ability to make active decisions, again, active decisions, not just like acting on impulse or like inhibition or whatever, uh, about what is more and less important, urgent, or time sensitive. So dysfunction in this area looks like trying to do everything at once or doing things in a very unhelpful order. Now, this is not to say doing things in an imperfect order, because first of all, there's not always a perfect order, but for those of us who are autistic, our autistic brain is like, yes, there is. There is a most efficient way to do this. And I should do everything the most efficient way. That's the autistic brain a lot of the time. Um, so dysfunction is not, oh, I didn't do it the perfect way. Dysfunction is doing things in a way that actively makes your life harder. Um, and like you, like, I don't know how to describe it, but basically it's prioritizing the wrong things, which I hate saying it that way because it makes it sound like there's wrong and right things to prioritize, but it's prioritizing things that you wish you weren't prioritizing, right? So the wrong things according to your values, not the wrong things according to some judgmental moral judgment. Um, okay. Um, number seven, the last one is flexible thinking. So this is the ability to adjust your thinking based on context or new information. Dysfunction looks like black and white thinking, rigid thinking, or difficulty with change. Now, I want to point out that this is not necessarily a terrible thing. I pointed out in one of the earlier uh, presentations that I actually have used my black and white thinking to help me in the past. <laughs> um, and so it's not always a terrible thing, but it's also it's a great thing and it can make our lives harder sometimes. So I think it counts as dysfunction. So what happens when executive functions don't function? <laughs> uh, there are four things that happen. Number one, practical dysfunction. So this is the most obvious form of executive dysfunction is the practical stuff. Dishes don't get done. Work doesn't get done. Bills don't get paid. Um, and these are often the most dangerous, I, not the most dangerous because the shame is really the most dangerous if we're being honest, but um, the practical stuff can make you lose your house. I've almost gotten our water turned off several times because of my executive dysfunction and I guess PDA, I don't know. Um, like it, it can have a very real, very frustrating impact on your practical daily life. So I in no way want to diminish the practical dysfunction elements because I know some of us really go through this. And there are a lot of coaches online who are like self-acceptance and self-love and that'll fix everything. And don't get me wrong, those things are so important. But at the end of the day, you need to pay your bills so you can have a place to live. And Self-love isn't always going to accomplish that. So um, anyway, practical dysfunction is a big part of it. Let's see. Let's see. It's also brutal when new information convinces me that I need to restart a project from scratch. Ooh, Sarah, yes. I've definitely gotten power turned off due to this. Yep, I've had water turned off. Okay, I'm so glad it's not just me because I was very embarrassed by that. 
autism is the myth of the perfect system that will solve all your social and executive dysfunction problems. You just haven't found it yet. I am still convinced the perfect system exists and I will find it someday. <laughs> I, am I living a lie? Am I living a delusion? Um, friend of mine has really bad teeth now because they just didn't make themselves brush their teeth for a long time because depression, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first started talking about maybe having ADHD to my husband who has an ADHD diagnosis, he had a hard time understanding how I could have it, mostly because my rigidity and flexible thinking. I have wondered if it was OCD, but I feel I relate more to ASD through my research. Yeah, totally. You got to brush your teeth. You just do. I Something that might help people, I got an electric toothbrush and it's just like, stimulating. And so I don't know, Pleasant's new. So it's working for now. I'll take it. <laughs> um, if I didn't have my bills on auto pay, I would be in such huge trouble. And I know there's privilege attached to that. Yeah. See, I don't have my bills on auto pay because for a long time we couldn't afford to have bills on auto pay because there was no guarantee we were going to have the money. So <laughs> ugh, scary. So there is definitely privilege in being able to put bills on auto pay, which we can do now. I just haven't done. Um, but yeah. Okay. So then there's relational dysfunction. So our relationships can also be profoundly affected by executive dysfunction. When we are less functional, our partner, if we have one, has to pick up the slack. And if we don't have a partner, maybe we're living with friends or maybe we're living with family. Um, it's really hard when you're living alone that when it comes to practical internal and shame. But for relational dysfunction, this is if you're living with people, the people you live with have to pick up the slack, which throws your typical balance sort of out of whack. So almost no relationship is ever 50-50 when it comes to like support and, you know, excuse me, taking care of each other. But um, usually there is sort of a window of wiggle room and executive dysfunction can throw things off really starkly. And that can cause a lot of tension in the relationship for sure. Um, then there's internal dysfunction. So this is less visible, but it is no less important. Executive dysfunction makes us harder for us to think, feel, and perceive ourselves in a way that feels healthy and helpful. So for me, I have a lot of internal executive dysfunction, which again, through Alina Jean's talk, I'm learning might actually be PDA, um, but I have a lot of internal executive dysfunction that feels and looks like, um, like cognitive overload, basically, like just having too many thoughts and feelings and not knowing how to process them. Um, so anyway, internal dysfunction basically looks like taking all of the practical stuff, the relational stuff and applying it to yourself. So like your sense of identity and your relationship with yourself, maybe your inner child, um, all of that gets affected by executive dysfunction. Yeah, PDA, sorry, pathological demand avoidance or persistent drive for autonomy. Um, Autopay gives me anxiety. Yes, that's also part of why I haven't done it because I'm just nervous. I, I'm so used to not having the money or not being sure if we'd have the money that like, what if something, I don't know. I don't know what I'm afraid of. I'm just afraid. <laughs> um, okay, so shame, shame. Is the worst. So all of this can lead to another separate problem that worsens executive dysfunction, which is shame. Just the feeling that we didn't just do something wrong, 
we are something wrong, which is not true. I promise you it's not true, but it feels so true. And I know that I understand that. So shame is different from guilt. Um, I know people who are like, shame is a parenting tool. Shame is how, you know, you're a good person. Shame is useful. And that's just frankly a lie. It's nonsense. Shame is never helpful. Guilt can be helpful. And I know it might feel like I'm splitting hairs here, but the two are very different. Guilt is when you, it's about your actions. It's about doing something that doesn't align with your values. And you recognize that and you feel bad. Guilt is important. Sometimes we are shitty and we have to be aware of that. But, and even that, do you hear how I said that? I said, sometimes we are shitty. That is my shame coming out of my mouth because that's not true. Sometimes we do shitty things. Okay. We are not shitty. Shame tells you you're garbage. You messed up, you're trash. And it's, I'm still working through a ton of internalized shame, um, a ton of it. And it's hard and it comes out of my mouth like that sometimes. So um, shame fed my burnout to the point of completely hating myself and my life. Yeah. 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 I need to learn more about PDA because when I first heard of it, I was like, holy shit. Guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. Yes. Um, I still have the habit of going through the process of paying bills while literally avoiding the screen just to know, to know what I'm paying beyond like the number of digits. Yeah. Yeah. Guilt. I screwed up. Shame. I am a screw up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's focus on how to cope because that's really important too. Um, We've talked about what it is, how it shows up, how laziness and executive dysfunction are different. So how do we cope with executive dysfunction? First is emotional intelligence. This is the stuff I was talking about before with all the coaches being like self-love, self-acceptance. I know it sounds fluffy and bullshit, but it's really important. Okay. It's really, really vital. Um, when used in conjunction with the two other things I have here, which are practical tools. So all the self-love in the universe is not going to get you to do your laundry most of the time, but only focusing on getting a new planner or coming up with a new strategy is like putting a bandaid on a bullet wound. You need to remove the bullet, which is the emotional intelligence, and you need to wrap up the wound so you don't bleed out, which is the practical tools. You need both. And you need community. You need a doctor to perform this. You need, well, I guess I shouldn't say doctor to perform this. That's really a professional. You need your comrades in arms. You know, you need people who get it, who've been there, who are there to support you. Um, so yeah. Okay. I'm in a permanent shame spiral, particularly related to social interactions and what I made you wrong in them. Corinne, I really, really encourage you to play with that word permanent. I don't think it's permanent. I don't. I think anyone can escape shame. I really do believe that. I think it's possible. I don't think it's easy. Um, but I, I do think you can get out of it and I have a lot of hope for you. So, um, even though you're in a shame spiral and it feels like you've been in a shame spiral forever and spirals just continue forever. And it feels like it's never going to fucking end. I really think it will. I think these tools can really help you. So I, I hope that it can. Um, a lot of feelings are coming up for me right now. I wish I found this community, so much earlier in my life, survived a suicide attempt earlier this year. I'm so sorry, Madeline. 
uh, because I felt so terrible that I couldn't keep up with work while dealing with burnout and recovering emotionally from a sexual assault. I'm 25 and I feel old. Logically, I know I'm not, but it's hard to unlearn capitalism and all the accomplishments I should have by now. Anyway, I'm just so happy to be here finally. First of all, Madeline, thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing your story a little bit. Um, I know there's probably more to it, but thank you for sharing what you could uh, with us. And thank you for being here and thank you for joining the community. And I hope we make you feel welcome. Um, and I just want you to know that you're not the only person who's wanted to give up because they can't keep up with things, you know, like that's, that's a big driver of some of my, you know, unaliving type ideations, you know, is feeling like, I don't know, I'm just not good enough to be here. <laughs> so you're not alone. Um, you're not alone. And thank you for sharing. And thank you for being here. And I, I wish you had found us sooner too, but you found us now and we're here. We're here for you. Uh, huh. Interesting point that both emotional intelligence practicals are just band-aids on their own. Yes, exactly. You need them both uh, together. I must say the summit has almost cemented my belief of myself as an audience deer. And I feel good with that because I feel seen and safe here. So thank you. Oh, Glenisha. Good. Yeah. Do you have tools suggestion to get out of the shame spiral? I've been in therapy for years, but this keeps going. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, yes, I absolutely have tools. So let's talk about it. Self-acceptance, emotional intelligence. I'm going to say something that I think is going to be hard for some people to hear. And I need you to just like close your eyes and listen. You will never be neurotypical. You will never be neurotypical. Okay, you can open your eyes if you like. I just need you to hear that. And I'm so sorry if that's triggering. I'm so sorry if that's hurtful and upsetting. I know. I know that there is a little kid in you that truly believes if you just do the right thing, you'll be good enough. And therefore neurotypical. I know that because there's a little kid in me who feels the exact same way. And when I say those words out loud, she panics. She's like, you don't understand if I'm never going to be neurotypical, what the fuck is the point? Right. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you the point is to be you neurodivergence and all the point is to be so yourself that you actually start to like it. <laughs> the point is to be so yourself that others feel comfortable being themselves around you. The point is to learn that you've always been good enough and that anyone who made you feel like you weren't was dead wrong. They were wrong. I don't care how much they loved you. They were wrong. And they didn't see your worth and that's on them. It is not on you. So that being said, let me check the comments. <laughs> yeah, we aren't and never were broken neurotypicals. No, you're not. Okay. All right, uh, practical tools. Fuck willpower. That's what I have to say about that. I mean, I have more for you than just that, but willpower is... <laughs> 
willpower is goofy let me just tell you willpower is a predisposition toward having good executive dysfunction or having good executive functioning willpower is the ability to power through difficulties which comes from executive functioning willpower is a word that neurotypicals have granted themselves to make themselves feel better about not being disabled willpower is bullshit and i firmly believe that <laughs> and if you disagree that's fine we could just have differing opinions and that's okay but in my experience willpower is just a way for neurotypicals to feel better about themselves and um i think it's nonsense it's their way of like i'll just tell people to have more willpower like me and it's like well susan um, I'm already trying 10 times harder than you to accomplish this task and I still can't. So goodbye, you know? So anyway, um, anyway, let's talk about the practical tools <laughs> before I get on my tangent again. So I have three main practical tools that I like to teach in my programs. Uh, number one is external motivators. Uh, this is things like body doubling, my uh, visual timer, ready? So you can like turn it so you can see the time passing. It does tick, which is really annoying for my autism, uh, but then it beeps when it's done. So visual timers are a good one for external motivators, body doubling, which is basically when you and other people just exist in the same space, which it also works virtually. Um, so we do it on zoom and stuff a lot, but, um, body doubling is just when you exist in the same space as other people while you're trying to be productive and the mere presence of others makes you more productive. Now I have found that this does tend to work better for ADHDers or people for whom their ADHD is more prominent than their autism. Um, I've found a lot of autistic folks find body doubling very distracting, especially traumatized or hypervigilant uh, autistic folks, because it's like the other person is there. All I can focus on is, is, are they happy? Are they frustrated with me? Are they mad? Like, so if you have hypervigilance, body doubling might not be like the number one thing for you, but I would like to work on decreasing some of that hypervigilance through body doubling potentially. Um, so yeah, body doubling is how I function when I have work to do and just can't. Same. <laughs> just choose to do the thing. It's not that hard. It is that hard. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. That's funny. Um, okay. The next thing was June bugging. I did not create this. This comes from a Tumblr post actually. Um, so um, June bugging is a cleaning strategy. So it's basically, it's based on the idea of how June bugs try to get through screen windows or screen doors. Um, so they'll like pick a spot and then they deviate and they come back and they deviate and they come back and they deviate and they, they just keep coming back to this spot. Like they think it's going to magically open. Um, that's the June bugging cleaning method. Basically you pick a really specific spot in your house you want to clean. So like not your bedroom, way too broad, not even your closet way too broad. The top shelf of your closet, that's the specific spot. That's what you're going to clean. And then as you get distracted, you just gently refocus yourself on what you were doing. So a lot of ADHDers experience something called task multiplication, where you go to wash the dishes, but in order to wash the dishes, you're going to have to dry them, which means you're going to need counter space. So you have to clear off those papers. And as you clear off the papers, you notice there are some unpaid bills in there and you're like, oh shit, I better pay bills. So you go to pay bills only to realize you're out of stamps. So then you go to the post office and you're still wearing your dishwashing gloves and you can't figure out why you're wearing them. That's task multiplication. Um, and there's often a lot of shame involved in that because it's like, why can't I just stay focused? Why can't I just get this done? This should be so 
easy and it's not for me and I hate it. Um, June bugging is basically saying no to that shame and saying instead, let's gently refocus. So let's say you notice when you get to the post office that you were supposed to be doing dishes, that's where you pay for your stamps. You go home, you set the stamps on top of the bills and you wash your dishes. You'll get to the bills later. Focus, recenter yourself on what you started out with and just gently, gently return. Gentle is the key word here. It's not about shame. It's not about force. It's not about willpower. It's about gentle refocusing. And finally, momentum. So momentum is like the opposite of eat the frog. Have you guys ever heard of eat the frog, that advice? Um, it's basically the idea that you should do the biggest, worst thing first, because if you don't, it's an energy leak. It'll just eat up your energy in the back of your mind all day long. And that might be true, but that doesn't mean it's possible for me to do it right away. <laughs> like, yeah, it might eat up my energy, but I can't do it right away. If I tell myself you must do this big, bad, horrible thing first, and you're not allowed to do anything else until it's done. That is a surefire way to ensure that I get nothing done all day long. Right? <laughs> like, it's anyway, so eat the frog doesn't work for a lot of neuro neurodivergent folks in my experience. So what I recommend instead is momentum. Momentum is when you start with something really small and really pleasurable and you move on from that onto something that's like medium and maybe not so pleasurable. And then you tackle the big, bad, awful thing. You build momentum. You prove to your brain that you are capable by accomplishing small things. And then you can start to accomplish the big thing. So that's what I recommend. Let's see. Absolutely hate eat the frog. I have to do the opposite. Yeah, Tori, same. How to ADHD has a great video on maintenance, cleaning, and decluttering. How to ADHD is incredible. Please go check out Jessica. Um, let's see. I softly ID it as ADHD because I have an autism diagnosis, but I suspect ADHD too before this, but after this summit, I have no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, Dahlia. <laughs> yes, getting those small wins to be able to do the next thing. Yeah, I like the idea of popcorning. You do bits at a time and all of a sudden you accomplished a whole bucket of popcorn. Yes, Amy. Ooh, popcorning. I'm gonna have to add that to my like repertoire of uh, tools. I also gamified my chores and personal development work. I literally roll a die and look up what I'm doing on the correct menu. Yes, Jess, I've done that too. So fun. If you have, if you play D&D and you have like a D20, write down 20 things you want to do, but you can't decide or you're stuck or whatever and just roll the dice and do whatever it lands on. Um, let's see. Okay, sorry. My husband's yelling in the next room, even though I told him to be quiet right now. Oh. Do you, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So the last pillar is community. And that's what I want to offer you guys today. So I have a club called the neuro spicy club. Um, it is for neurodivergent people who are looking to connect with other people who just get it and understand and are also neurodivergent or are questioning or suspecting or self-diagnosed or professionally diagnosed. It's a very varied community. Uh, basically the only people who are not super welcome in the NeuroSpicy club are people who wake up every morning and go, hmm, yeah, I'm still neurotypical. Like that's about it. Then I would say, no, please don't join. But if you're like, well, I think I'm neurodivergent, but I don't want to be in a space that's not for me. Please join. And if you decide down the line, look, 
this really isn't a good fit and I'm not neurodivergent, you can leave and it's okay. Like I would so much rather extend help to someone who turns out to be neurotypical than to gatekeep help from someone who turns out to be neurodivergent, right? So anyway, the NeuroSpicy Club, let's talk about it. First, we do body doubling every single week. Once a week on Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern time, we do body doubling. And we, this is my time to go through my mail personally, because I hate going through the mail. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And so <laughs> this is my time to go through my mail. Um, but it's a really great time to get shit done. The second thing that's included is group coaching. So once a month, we all get together on Zoom and you can ask me, a certified neurodivergent life coach, all of your questions. So if you have enjoyed this summit, if you have enjoyed this presentation, if you've enjoyed the Facebook chat, you can actually come on Zoom with me, come off mute and ask your questions. Or if you're nonverbal or, uh, or non-speaking, I mean, or too nervous to come off mute, you can always type it in the chat and I'll answer it that way. But you can come off mute and ask me questions and I will answer and I will help you. Um, so that's the group coaching. Then we have um, guest experts. So once a month, a guest comes in to present on their area of expertise. So we've had presentations on everything from parenting to microdosing. We have someone coming up next week talking about adaptive movement. Um, so like how to exercise if you're physically disabled or chronically ill. Um, we have someone who's going to talk about human design in February. So it's I'm very excited. It's going to be great. Um, and then we also have a book club. So every two months, so we take two months to read a book because we all need time. Um, we read a new book together. So this month we're finishing Unmasking Autism. And I think our next book is going to be about harm reduction. So I'm very excited for that. Um, you also get a private Discord community. Um, so it's better than Facebook, uh, much less glitchy. Uh, <laughs> and we have some really good channels like masking, parents suck, and info dumping. Um, plus lots of other good channels, but those are some of my favorites that we hang out in a lot because, you know, <laughs> um, so what does it cost? It is $27 every month or $250 for the year. So you save money by paying for the year if you can, but if you can't pay for the year, that's totally fine. You can pay by the month. No big deal. Uh, if you pay for the year though, you do get a cute mug. Uh, which are, the mugs are adorable. There's one that says just 42 trauma responses in a trench coat. It has a little trench coat on it. There's one that says brain full of bees and it has a cute little bee. And then there's one that says neurospicy and it's got a little pepper. Uh, so anyway, they're all very adorable. Um, do I need a professional diagnosis? Absolutely not. Self-diagnosis is welcome as are folks who are still suspecting and researching. And then here's a question I've had a lot of people in the Facebook group sort of ask, like, uh, what if I'm old? You know, like people are like, I'm older. I'm not in my twenties. Like, am I still really welcome? Are you sure? Am I going to feel weird? Um, all ages 18 plus it's only 18 plus. If you are a minor, please do not join. I am not certified to work with minors. I do not like working with minors, um, because I swear a lot and I, I don't, I just would prefer to work with adults. So please respect my boundary and only join if you're 18 plus. But if you're 18 plus, all ages are welcome. In the NeuroSpicy Club right now, we have people in their late teens. So 18 plus, late teens, all the way up to people uh, in their 50s, I believe. I don't think we have anyone older than that, but people in their 50s are in the NeuroSpicy Club. Um, so there's already a wide variety. Um, so yeah, doors open today. Um, I will go ahead and send you the link. I forgot to update the link actually. Um, so you're not going to be able to get in. You're just going to be able to get on the wait list, which is frustrating. Um, I will fix that. 
<laughs> so um, door is open today and they close January 18th. So I only open this once every couple of months. Uh, and then we have just like a tight knit group together. So um, doors are only open for a short period of time. So let me go ahead and drop the link in here. And you can get on the wait list. Uh, I wish you could just buy directly, but you know, getting stuff done is hard. Um, so anyway, I will update that later tonight. So you can check this probably in like an hour and it should be ready to let you in instead of getting you on the wait list. Or if you just want to get on the wait list and then you'll be notified via email when it gets set up. Um, so let me go ahead and look through some of these comments. Um, let's see. Okay, a few things. Okay, pickerwheel.com is one of my faves. I use it for everything. Yeah, yes, pickerwheel is great. All I'm getting from this is that I need to make friends so I can play D&D because you're making it sound so fun. Yes, D&D is the best. And if you guys want us to run a D&D campaign in the NeuroSpicy Club, I will run one. That sounds great. <laughs> Let me know. I'm always adding stuff to the NeuroSpicy Club. So yeah, like the book club was not originally part of it, but people were like, can we have a book club? And I was like, hell yeah. Um, I shaved my head so I don't have to wash my hair anymore. And I got rid of most of my clothes and bought a few jumpsuits. Oh, jumpsuits. Freaking love jumpsuits. I joined through Thrivecart. Does that count? Oh, uh, maybe. I don't know. I Were you able to join? <laughs> That's awesome if you were. Um, is the NeuroSpicy Club on Facebook? No, it is on Discord. Discord is much better. It is a bit of a learning curve. It takes a minute to figure it out, but I promise it's so much less glitchy than Facebook. Um, one day I'll stop forgetting the Bobby doubling. Yeah. You just venting about the noise and then allowing yourself to be okay is awesome. I wish people would get that. I just needed to say something and then I can move forward. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not actually mad or anything that my husband is making noise. It's just like, I wish, I wish it was quiet. I wish I, cause I can't focus. I have ADHD and I'm listening to every word he's saying while also trying to focus on what I'm saying while also trying to focus on these comments. And it's just like, my head's going to explode. <laughs> um with the goodie bag purchase. Did you join the NeuroSpicy Club through the goodie bag purchase? I didn't think I had that set up to do that. Um, Rick Green, yeah, we like him. Yeah, do you offer discounts for people who are living on benefits? It's sounding so good. I wish that I could, but I can't right now. Um, so I don't do scholarships or anything like that at this point in time. Um, I am doing one giveaway. Um, so the problem with offering discounts to people who are like on benefits and stuff is that that's going to be a lot of people. And then it ends up driving down the like cost of the membership. And um, I, this is my job, like my full-time job. And so I have to pay for daycare for my kiddo and all of that. So I hope that you understand. I'm not trying to be stingy or anything like that. And I hope in the future I can offer discounts to people, um, who are more like dealing with financial issues or whatever. Um, so I hope to do that, but right now I can't, I am giving away a year in the NeuroSpicy club. One person is going to win a free year. Um, so 
that is tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow, one of our, our last live um, is going to be when I give away a full year in the NeuroSpicy Club. So $250 worth, technically it's it's worth literally so much more money than that, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's how much it costs. So um, someone will win a full year. So if you want to be that person, come to the live tomorrow if you can. <laughs> um, so let's see. Oh man, finally cutting all my hair off at the beginning of the pandemic after their stylist actually refused because it wouldn't look feminine enough. Ooh, garbage. Oh, we hate that. Yucky. Yeah, I'm financially challenged as well. I totally understand. Is the yearly a one-time payment or does it auto-renew? It auto-renews. Um, if you want, we can... I want to find a way, I will look at Thrivecart and see if there's a way that it can email you, um, before it renews. Um, but yeah, it is, it's on auto renew. Never tried discord. I've heard that you need an iPhone to use it. No, definitely not. I have Android and it's fine. You can also use it on desktop. I'm older and loving it. Yeah. Ellen currently don't have money for that, but it's so nice that something like this exists. I think so too. I really do. Spending still frightens me, but I do want to consider it. Okay, Sarah, here's what I would recommend. If you want to join, but you're afraid of spending money, I absolutely understand. What I want you to do is try not to panic and think about the expenses you have now and how comfortable it is to pay them. Is it comfortable or is it a stretch? If it's a stretch to pay what you're already paying, please don't join the NeuroSpicy Club. I don't want to stretch you thinner. I don't want to lead you to burnout. Okay. I will be the first person to tell people not to join my shit because I only want people to join if it is a financially sound decision for them. If it's going to be a stretch for you and you're on the fence, please don't do it. It's okay. You will not hurt my feelings. I know it's a resource you want, but you have to consider what is going to be best for you long-term. And all of this support that's in the NeuroSpicy Club is not going to make up for burnout that you put yourself in through financially challenging yourself. So that's what I'll say about that. But if you're in a place where your spending is very comfortable and you're just afraid of adding a new expense, even though you know you can afford it, what I really want you to do is sit with it and just, I want you to envision how your life is going to be different when you join. You know, I want you to envision how, how am I going to be getting support that I don't have right now? How is that support going to change the way that I interact with my job, with my loved ones, with myself. And I just want you to like, remind yourself that it is worth it to be afraid. Sometimes, sometimes being scared is not a sign that you shouldn't do it. So if it's just fear, I want you to join. Okay. But if it's finances, please, please, please be responsible first and foremost. Okay. Yeah. I'm coming up to 60. Yeah. No, that's cool diagnosed at 58. Yeah. See, there's so many, um, I don't want to say like older, I feel like that's rude, but plenty of people who are not in their twenties who are in this community. Retrieving retrograde, give yourself some grace with the tech. Yeah. Uh, both amazing. Oh yeah. About the shaved head. Yeah. I feel like I put my email in for the wait list a few days ago. Perfect. Then you should be getting an email soon with a link. Um, yes, I want a D&D campaign. Okay, we might do it. That'll make me in three D&D campaigns, you guys. And I'm the, I'll be the DM in two of them, which is wild. Anyway, Kate Velvet, yeah. It said I did, I think. I'll go to your link anyway. Okay, I will figure this out, Salamander. We will figure this out. Um, I believe I also joined through Thrivecart, but I'm not sure how to use it. 
Okay. Did you guys buy the goodie bag or did you join the Neuro Spicy Club? Did I set this up in a way to like, here. Now I'm like, did I actually like think ahead? Here, I'm going to stop sharing so that y'all don't have to stare at my screen. Okay. Let's look. Let's look. Let's look. Yeah, it says no one has joined the NeuroSpicy Club over the last several days. So let me, month to date, hold on, sorry. Month to date, let's try the last three months. Yeah, there's November, a couple of December people. Okay. Um, yeah, so it says no one has joined. So you probably bought the goodie bag and the goodie bag came with, other things like the neurodivergent love program and my executive dysfunction program. Um, but yeah, Let's see, I'm so excited about this club. I've been wanting more of a sense of community. Yeah, Madeline. Yes, please. Girl, my partner does that too. I'm like, Hey, I'm on a call. And the other room makes so much noise. <laughs> yeah, please. D and D would be awesome. I always wanted to try, but was put off by a bad experience with neurotypicals. Oh yeah. No. Um, no, this will be a very neurodivergent campaign. A whole year. Heck yeah. Just need to learn how to navigate Discord. There's a live tomorrow. Yes, I'm going to announce it after this. It's going to be at noon, I think. Oh, shoot. I have to go to court. I forgot about that. We got a speeding ticket. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it's like completely throwing off my day. Um, but there will be a live tomorrow. I will announce the time when I have a second to look at my schedule and think about when the best time for it would be. Um, would it be possible in the future to consider a mini membership for Discord access? Time zone makes other things hard. Um, I think what we're going to do is we're just going to leave this Facebook group open and that will be like the free community um, because I can't run another Discord. Like I just know that that's going to be too much for me. I already run two memberships and other programs and all this stuff. So um, yeah, I thought everything ended today. Um, yes, this is the end of the official presentations, but there is a live uh, hang out with me just like there's a live tonight at nine, you know, maybe we'll do the giveaway tonight at nine instead of trying to fit it in tomorrow with my court date and everything. Plus everybody knows about the live at nine tonight. That seems like a better idea. That's what I'm going to do. Executive decision made. Um, I will announce the winner tonight at nine. Um, so come to the live at nine. Um, you have to be there live in order to be entered um, because I can't enter over 900 names into the picker wheel. I, I will lose my mind. So if you're live, what we'll do is um, I will have a Google form because if you were there for my first live, we had some issues. Um, <laughs> I'll have a Google form and you can enter your name and then I'll use the Google form to put it in the picker wheel. And then um, I will pick someone from there to win a full year. I get it, but that means that coaching is just for financially privileged people. I can't work because of my executive dysfunction. It's a downward spiral and unfair, but I get your argument, of course. You got to pay your bills, but it's terrible that the only help we get from people like you is there are no fucking therapists for us. <laughs> yeah, there are therapists out there, but they're few and far between for sure. And the way I like to explain the reason I charge money for my services is like, I would never go up to one of you and be like, hey, give me your art for free. Or hey, give me your accounting expertise for free. Hey, help me with my garden for free. Like, I just wouldn't. That's not fair. Um, and so I hope that you guys would also like not have the same attitude about me, you know? Anytime you get something for free, either someone is in a financially privileged enough position to provide it for free or someone was exploited. 
that's what free shit means. So, (laughs) um, that is, that is sort of my perspective on why. And I do offer a lot of shit for free. Like this Facebook group is going to be open for free. This whole summit was free. Uh, my Instagram and TikTok are free. My podcast, my YouTube, those are free. So like I offer a lot of free shit. Um, not to get defensive, I promise. Like I really understand. And I, I think coaching is a very privileged industry as well. And I am working on making it less privileged, but I can only do what I can do. Um. Everything being ESD is tough in Alaska. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's worth the money. I spent the last six months drinking alcohol, buying drinks $5 at a time, telling myself I couldn't afford therapy to numb myself. I am still definitely not financially stable, but I see these supports as a way to get to a place where I could be financially stable. Yeah, Madeline, I really make sure your bills are paid. That is what I'll say, because the last thing I want is someone joining my community and then being in like dire straits because they spent money on me that needed to go towards water or heat or whatever. So make sure your bills are paid. But if your bills are paid and it's just going to be a stretch to join, then that's up to you. It's really genuinely up to you. Diagnosed last week at 47. Way to go, Katie. Nice. Yeah. Us late identified. Yeah. 52 and officially self-diagnosed due to this summit. Heck yeah, Salamander. I love it. Uh, I'm autistic. Hubby is ADHD and kid is ADHD. So much constant interruptions. And yeah, Uh, seems better than therapy without a focus on neurodivergent people. Yeah, I really don't want to compare it to therapy because it's just really different. Um, And I think you'll see that when you join, you'll be like, oh, this, this really isn't anything like therapy, but I think therapy is the closest thing people can compare life coaching to. Um, So I understand, but yeah, it's definitely different. I will leave now because I'm super tired. It's been fantastic reading you and sharing with you. Yeah. Bye, Corinne. Sorry if I missed this. Um, Shows a module in the Thrive card, but you still have to click join and pay. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. I think I know what happened. (laughs) So if you bought the goodie bag, then what happened is you got taken to the little page that shows you all my offerings in Thrivecart or shows you some of my offerings in Thrivecart. So the NeuroSpicy Club probably popped up because it wants you to buy it. <laughs> so if you want to join, you can go to that Thrivecart page and you can click on the NeuroSpicy Club and then you can join that way and pay. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm screenshotted. I gave it my email address. That's so strange. it's possible I'm imagining signing up for it because I really want to. (laughs) Yeah. My Thrive Card says no one has signed up for it recently, which would make sense because doors have been closed. Uh, Doors are officially open. I will go and change all the links, all that good stuff. I'm sorry for the distraction. No, you're fine. Um, Such a good idea for this to remain open and free. I know I wasn't going to, I was going to close the summit Facebook group. um, And someone recommended that it stay open. I think Sarah Potter, one of our speakers. And I was like, why do I need to close it? It can stay open. I can't guarantee I'm going to be very active in here, but it can stay open and you guys can talk to each other. That's fine. Sleep, yeah. That's three at night for me. Good luck to everyone else. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you can't be there tonight, I understand, but 
you should try, <laughs> you should try to come for, uh, to the 9 PM live. Cause that's what I'm going to give away the, uh, year. That's why she does these free events, y'all, for the people who can't afford to pay. Take advantage of free things and help yourself with them. Yeah, Tori. <laughs> I'm just mad at capitalism, not you. You need to make money to live and we need resources, but can't afford to pay. Exactly, Dahlia. It's, there's not really a way to do this that's fair, unfortunately. And that has been a thorn in my side throughout my entire journey as an entrepreneur. Like, how do I do this and be fair? And I had to come to the conclusion that there's no way to do it and be perfectly fair because the fairest thing would be not capitalism, but that's what we live in. And it's hard. It's all really hard. Um, yeah. You don't need to explain charging. Yeah. Okay. More of a stretch, but I know I can do it. Okay, cool. Is there somewhere that we could pay what we could for the summit? It's been a home. Jennifer, that's really sweet. Um, no, I'm not going to open that up. You guys, this, if you really want to pay me for the summit, go get the goodie bag, get something out of it. It's all good. Like that's really sweet, but no, I'm not going to. Plus it would be a lot of work for not a lot of work, but I'd have to make a whole new product and all this stuff. It's fine. Just go get the goodie bag if you want it. Um, there's too many neurodivergent people who are exploited because their empathy is activated, but they can't afford food or adequate shelter. Yeah. Not everything can be free. She can't charge, change the fact that coaching is expensive. Yeah. I was surprised the summit was free and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Got the goodie bag to help support with the Christmas money from my mother-in-law. Oh, thank you. I'm so grateful for this weekend. Yeah, me too. I may have to rejoin the discord. Oh, Katie, were you with us before? That's awesome. Yeah. Go rejoin the discord so grateful for the summit for everything you've done for free for those of us who aren't in a place financially oh good I had a life coach as a carer for my mom and it is was the best therapy I have had a lot of uh, therapy being autistic in 59 yeah maybe there's a way that everyone who can't afford it contribute five to ten dollars so that anyone who can't afford it can join so that that would be like a scholarship thing so I have absolutely thought about doing that where I raise money to fund like three spots in the neurospicy club for a year. So I would try to like raise that money through donations. Um, but putting together a scholarship is a lot of work and really hard. Um, I would love to do it. Um, but not at this time. Yeah. Not at this time. Let's keep it going in the Facebook group. I also have a zoom account though. I have no idea how to do it. I think it's scary to think about it. I'd love to make a support group. Oh, that would be so great. Yeah. Oh, Lucy, you were the one asking if the group will be staying open. Yes, it is. It is. I'm so glad you asked. Thoroughly enjoyed this weekend. Yeah. Yes, I got overwhelmed by Discord. I understand. I really do. It's It can be a lot, but it's really fun. Yeah, I started class soon. I'm worried about things being too much. Yes, that's the other thing. So we've talked about like making sure you're financially ready to do this, but also make sure you are emotionally and time wise ready to do this. Um, because if you're going to pay for it, you want to make sure you get the most out of it. You want to come to as much as you can. Now, to be fair, coming to one event a month will pay for it because I charge $200 for my coaching, $200 an hour, usually for my coaching. And you can get monthly coaching from me from me for $27 a month. So you're already just come to the group coaching once and you've made your money back. Um, but, um, I lost my train of thought, fiddlesticks. I was doing so well. I've been doing so well all weekend. Thank you, Adderall. Um, not losing my train of thought. 
Oh, but it's gone. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Anything from Kelly Deals. Ooh, okay, yeah. Let me open that. Discord seems too much. Yeah, let me, okay, hold on. Hold on, everybody. Let's, let's bust this myth. So Discord. <laughs> okay, so this is Discord. I'm not going to show you our NeuroSpicy Club because I have ensured people that that will be private. Um, instead, I'm going to show you my D&D group that because we don't use this anymore. So I don't think anybody will be upset. But basically, this is how Discord works. Um, this is a bad example. There's nothing over here. But there are text channels and there can be like categories of text channels. And then you like pop in on the text channels and you can like type things. So um, and then there are voice channels as well that we can utilize. So that's Discord. It can get overwhelming because this sidebar can get full of text channels to like scroll through and it's like whoa that's a lot um but it's really just take it day by day come in pop in when you have something to say mute it if you get overwhelmed like it's it's really not too bad discord is pretty great not gonna lie i avoided discord a year or two after finding it because i was intimidated now i use it every day yeah getting late and I'm tired. Thank you for the lovely session. Yeah. I actively avoided it, but finally caved. <laughs> I've used Keybase. Looks similar. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. It's a midpoint between a chat and a forum. Yes. Yes, it is. And I love that. Totally. Okay. All right. It is 530. <laughs> I have to be back on live soon and I have to upload replays to the goodie bag and I have to change the links to make sure you guys can join the NeuroSpicy Club and all of that good stuff. So um, I have things to do. I got to go. Plus I have to eat dinner and like maybe relax at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have to go. So, um, please join the NeuroSpicy Club if you can. It's a really great place. I assure you. And, um, I guess if you all want to hold off on joining until 9 PM, that way you can see if you win the free year, uh, hold off and then join after that. The links will be ready then. So, okay. I am going to skedaddle. Bye, everybody. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.